Hello, everybody. This is John Montoya. Hey, guys. This is John Parings. We're authorized infinite banking practitioners and the hosts of the fifth edition. Today's episode, number 14, we're going to be talking about the three life lessons IBC teaches you about money. Well, first, let me compliment you. You're getting really good at this uh, intro stage. So that was nice. Yeah, so this is going to be a good one, I think, because a lot of what we run into is kind of contrary to what people are currently being taught about money. And there are a lot of people out there that sort of, you know, have an educational slant like Robert Kiyosaki's one of them where he talks about, you know, people just simply aren't really taught about money these days. And so a lot of people have a lot of assumptions and opinions about how money works and what they should be doing with their money. And, and very little of it is backed up with any kind of actual proof. <laughs> right. And so I think this will be a good, a good episode. Yeah, I think so too. And I appreciate the compliment, you know, like anything, the more you practice something, the better you get. And so we're 14 episodes into this podcast. Who, who knows? I, I may just <laughs> word vomit all over everybody uh, while uh, taking in that compliment, but yeah, I'll take it. Thanks. <laughs> I was going to say, we already have it all figured out. So we're pretty much, this is uh, we're at the, the apex of uh of podcasting effectiveness. So cool. <laughs> get ready. Arrival syndrome. We, we've <laughs> yeah, arrived exactly. and we have nothing else to learn from here. That's right. Nope, we don't. And so neither do a lot of people when it comes to money. I think this is great. What are, what's the first life lesson the infinite banking concept teaches us about money? The first one that I thought of is the value of cash to overcome obstacles and take advantage of life's opportunities. You know, we all hear the saying that cash is king. It's very true. What I find to be so extremely important about IBC is the value of being able to write out uncertainties in life. I mean, I look at my own life and it, it hasn't always been rainbows and, and rose petals. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I come from a middle-class background, you know, and I've had to overcome um, what my parents taught me about money. They at least instilled the art of saving uh, mm -hmm. at an early age. And so that was great. When it comes to where to save money, I, I didn't really have the best advice or blueprint to follow. But at the very least, I've always been a diligent saver. So that that's allowed me to overcome certain obstacles in my path as I've aged. I'm in my mid 40s now. And and uh, when I think about how IBC has affected me most, it's, it's really smoothed out all the economic uncertainties in my life. It's, it's the value of these policies that we don't even think about for the most part. For, for most people, it's, you know, if they have a whole life policy, it's kind of an afterthought. They're more focused on other investments they may have. And mm -hmm. rarely, if ever, do they give any thought to the cash that's accumulating year over year in these incredible whole life policies. It's just remarkable what they can do. And then on the flip side, of course, is being able to take advantage of life's opportunities. When you have cash accumulating in these policies, you don't get to miss out. Yeah. And it's, you know, one of the, I had a conversation with uh, a, an old mentor of mine that actually got me into the financial world through data center, real estate and finance. Um, so he, he kind of got me hooked on the, on the finance bug. And we were talking uh, maybe a month or so ago. And one of the 
things that kind of came to my mind is, you know, most people, so there is the saying cash is king and people will, will maybe say that very easily. But if you look at what most people are doing, most people do not have much cash. And the reason is, is because they, based on what they know, which is where do you put your cash? Every, the only place people know to put cash is really in a bank or maybe some you know, certificates of deposit or something like that, where you do lose a little bit of liquidity. And so everyone thinks you can't earn money on cash. And so most people are prioritizing um, the outflow of their cash into some other type of um, asset. Usually it carries a lot more risk and they, they don't have cash. And so one of the questions I asked was, well, if money actually had value, how would that change the way you're investing or running your overall financial life? And he, you know, he, he kind of complimented me on the question which I appreciated. And it, it's really just this lack of um, knowledge about that there is places, there are places you can put your cash, earn a respectable rate of return and go further with that through the leverageability of, if that's a word, leverageability of, of cash value life now. insurance. Yeah, we, we just made it a word. So hopefully that'll be in Webster's in the next 30 <laughs> to 60 days. And, um, but it's, it's really about, creating options for yourself. You know, a lot of people are walking down a path that as they get older, it becomes more and more difficult for them to veer off of that path and more and more difficult for them to adapt if things don't go the way that they, that they think they'll go. And the only thing we know in life for certain is that things will change. And so even if it's not a disaster, it just may be your priorities might change, but then, you know, all of a sudden they're kind of locked into this trajectory that they can't get off of because they're just not liquid. Yeah. 60% of people in America have less than $500 saved in the bank. Right. That's just astonishing to me. Uh, and I, I've read further that 76% of businesses are basically paycheck to paycheck too. Yeah. And when, when we're talking about IBC, a lot of what we do is on the individual side, but it can apply to businesses as well mm -hmm. to make an incredible impact, not only on the bottom line, but also riding out those downturns in the economy. Right. Without sacrificing the future growth of that, of that money, where it's like a lot of people kind of have this, especially business owners, they kind of have this like chicken or egg thing where they either keep all their money in their business where their eggs in one basket or they take money out and put it into some kind of like retirement plan for the future where they no longer have access to that capital for their business when, and they do that because they don't think cash can earn anything, but what if it could? And so instead, what if you had this, you know, whole life insurance, cash value life insurance, where you could create this pool of capital that could be used for your personal use, your retirement, but also in the meantime could also be, capital that your business could access if it needs it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking about the value of cash to overcome obstacles and take advantage of life's opportunities. Mm -hmm. I think the main thing to take away here is where should that money reside? Where's the best place for that money to reside? And we're adding in the, the element of uh, businesses, right? Being a business owner, they, they should be asking themselves the same question. You build a foundation of liquidity first, but then that money has to reside someplace. And where's the best place for that money to reside? In a bank that you don't own and control, 
i.e. your your traditional bank down the street? Or would you be better off having total control over that money, growing it, having the leverage component that you've spoken about uh, safely all held within a dividend paying life insurance policy? Yeah, with the added quote unquote benefit of a, of a death benefit. What if you just had this savings account, this liquid savings account, quote unquote savings account, that if something happened to you, your family gets what that savings account would have grown to. <laughs> so just, you know, lots of different benefits to, you know, be able to provide options, not only for yourself, but for your family. So they don't have to, you know, change their lifestyle for a business partner. You know, I mean, it, the list goes on in terms of being able to um, really take advantage of opportunities and overcome obstacles. Yeah. I think if I were to choose one word, I would choose efficiency Yes, because your money does all these things, all, all these provides all these benefits for the same dollar that you would otherwise have to invest multiple dollars into, let's say different accounts or different strategies yep. to get the same benefits. So you have $1 doing the work of many. That's efficiency, my friends. Yes, sir. That's great. Well, the next one we had was the power of uninterrupted growth, uninterrupted compound growth. Life lesson number two, the power of uninterrupted compounding. It's one thing to save money, but the biggest error that we make when we save money is that it's a one-time use. We, we talk about cash as king, and it certainly is. But if you think about it, and I've been given this some, some thought uh, recently and, and how to better explain this to people, cash is a one-time use tool, meaning you save it and ultimately for most people you spend it or maybe you save it and then you turn it into an investment. Well, that investment still is a one-time use, right? Maybe you're saving for your kid's education and you think about a 529 and what that's for. That's a one-time use to pay for secondary schooling. You think about putting money into an IRA or a 401k. Well, that's a one-time use that people have in mind for retirement and for income, right? What we're getting at here with the power of uninterrupted compounded growth is the ability to give your cash the opportunity to be used over and over again. And this is something that really only IBC teaches you how to do because with this strategy, you have the ability to save that cash inside a whole life policy, but you have that leverage component. You can use it like a line of credit and now you can start to use it to fund your lifestyle, to pay maybe your property taxes, your income taxes. You can use it to finance your cars. You can even use it to finance your retirement. There are so many options available to you, but the big takeaway is that it's a multi-use option. You say cash is king. I'm thinking cash value actually is what we should call king because it gives you multiple uses <laughs> of that dollar. That's great. Most people save up cash, spend it, save up cash and spend it, which gets to your point that it's a one use thing when you, when you actually just spend the dollars or you take out loans, pay them off, take out loans and pay them off. The cash value of whole life insurance is one of those financial tools that makes it easier to not lose the compounding 
on the growth over the long term where you can leverage the cash inside the policy and pay that back and keep the entire amount compounding the entire time. Right. With absolutely no market risk whatsoever. Right. Einstein is famous for saying that uh, the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. And we've all heard this, but where can we actually park a portion of our wealth and get uninterrupted compounded growth year in, year out? Where? I mean, we're not taught this, right? That's right. We're not taught this anywhere. So number two in, in the three life lessons that IBC teaches you about money, it teaches you that you can get uninterrupted compounded growth with your cash and be able to use it over and over again without breaking that compounding curve. Just one final point on that. The way we don't break the compounding curve is we leverage the cash. And so we have two places that we can leverage. We can leverage the law of large numbers to indemnify our family against the loss of our income. And then we can also leverage the present value of that future death benefit to go out and buy other income generating assets. And actually, if we do a third one, you can leverage the future value of your permanent death benefit to strategically offset or reduce the amount of tax you'll pay over the course of your life and increase the income you have and the use of enjoyment of your other assets while you're still alive. Understanding how we can do that um, from a strategy perspective makes that, that point that much stronger. And again, the, these are lessons that you learn over time as you incorporate IBC into your overall portfolio with what you're doing. So let's talk about the third life lesson that IBC teaches you about money. And that is being accountable to your wealth. What the heck does that exactly mean? <laughs> it means don't steal the peas. Exactly. <laughs> That's another IBC term where, you know, if you're a grocery store owner and you go in and because you paid for a can of peas, and a lot of people think since they're the owner, it doesn't cost them anything to just take a can of peas off the shelf and bring it, bring it home and eat it. But what people are missing is the lost opportunity cost involved to sell that can of peas, where now you have to sell, you know, whatever it is, 10 more cans of peas just to recover the cost of that can that you ate. In becoming your own banker, we're kind of taught to start thinking about our capital, which is all of, our, all of the dollars that are in our, our accounts, every time we spend one, it's like eating the can of peas where we just, we just uh, cannibalized some inventory from our own personal financial life that is no longer ever going to be able to earn a profit for us. Right. And so you have to realize that every dollar that you accumulate has a future value. And so when you spend that money with no discipline to replace it, you're basically stealing from your future self. Mm -hmm. And so IBC really teaches you how to be accountable to your wealth. When you take a loan, pay it back. You want to set up systematic payment terms that fit with your cash flow, mm -hmm. And you want to repay those loans because it gives you the ability to use that money over and over and over again. That's something that we really don't think about. It's not taught anywhere that I can think of in being accountable to your wealth. Yeah. And, you know, we would call it be being an honest banker. And since we're the bankers, since we've created our own quote unquote bank, 
we should be honest bankers with our own bank. You know, for people that have just implemented this in their lives, I've seen, you know, rightfully so, that they get very excited about using policy loans. But, you know, as you were mentioning, we want to be that honest banker where we don't necessarily, it's not necessarily correct to just start maxing out policy loans. We want to be an honest banker and a bank would not max out well, a real bank only has 10% reserve, so maybe that's not a great, but an honest banker would not max out their pool of capital um, to the point where, you know, now they're almost paycheck to paycheck to just to keep the policy in force. And so, um, you know, I have to have the talk with a lot of people that are new to infinite banking to really look at this and be careful and understand how these policy loans work and make sure you're in a position that you still have an emergency fund. So we talked about all the options that we create for ourselves and being able to overcome obstacles. Uh, well, that infinite banking is part of that. And so we need to make sure that cash value, we have enough of that cash value in order to, uh, to maintain that. I, I don't know if the, we care about the dog barking at this point. We'll just, we'll just leave it in there. Uh, so if you hear the yap, that's little D and I apologize. <laughs> we gave little D three, three tries. So now he's part of it. So he, he tried out three times and he made it on the third time. He's part of the podcast now. And so anyway, I, I just wanted to quickly cover, you know, that side of being an honest banker where policy loans are still loans. And so we have to just make sure that we understand what we're doing with that. We understand what, you know, what the, the effects on the, on the policies are. And we want to make sure we always have that emergency fund in place. Yeah. A rule of thumb for me is I don't like to go beyond 50% mm, of yep. the equity I've created across all the IBC policies that I have. Right. Yeah. I mean, just because you can, with some whole life policies, take a loan up to 99% doesn't mean you should. Right. Right. We, we, we know the importance of having that emergency fund and it would make no sense to empty out your emergency fund and everything else for an investment. No investment should be uh, so important that you risk everything on it. Right. And I, I think just to tie that back into the discipline, which you mentioned before, you know, just because you have IBC implemented in your life doesn't mean we're, we, we don't have to be disciplined with how we use it. And so the, the, those, you know, um, those measures that we take in order to be financially strong don't change just because we're, we're using life insurance. And so I think for new people that having that talk and understanding that um, goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talked about the discipline to save money, but it's also the discipline to repay the loans that you take mm -hmm. when utilizing IBC. So you can reuse that money over and over again. And if you establish this, ritual of of repaying all the loans you're going to create wealth long term that really puts you in the driver's seat and gives you the control uh what we call freedom um, but it doesn't happen overnight and you have to have uh, the right mindset and the right discipline to make it happen uh, right and I ibc for me for you, uh, for no doubt all our clients who are experiencing all the benefits of IBC, th these are the lessons that we learn. 
um, right. that you can't get anyplace else. Yes. It's great. All right. Well, I think that just about covers it. Any last thoughts maybe you have, John? No, this was a, a fun episode. Three life lessons. IBT, IBC teaches you about money. That's good. Yeah. And even had a little guest appearance um, from my, <laughs> from my dog greeting the pool guy. So apologize to all the listeners for that, but Hey, uh, life will throw you curveballs, and you know, we got to run with it. So there you go. COVID-19, <laughs> uh, you got to meet my, my dog in the background saying hi. All right, everybody. Well, if you have questions for us, uh, be sure to visit the fifth edition.com. All the best. Bye everybody.